Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into 11 Personnel presented by Monticello Bank. In business, serving your community for 128 years. They're all over the place. And they're wherever you go, in your pocket, with the GoNBC mobile app or by visiting NBCBank.com. Monticello Bank, it's where people matter. They're going to put you first, put the dollars and cents on your side to make your dreams come true. Whatever your financing needs are, whether you're buying a new home like Mr. Luckett or buying a new car like I just did, Monticello Bank, I'll take good care of you. Appreciate all of their fine work at Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. This is 11 Personnel, and Fall Camp is officially... We're, we're in the meat and potatoes of it, Mr. Luckett. We're in the meat and potatoes of it. Um, and we haven't hit a, a dull spot yet. We haven't had the Mark Stoops is ripping everybody's ass portion of the... Um, podcast yet or not podcast of, of, of preseason camp yet but we have started to hear some things from fall camp uh started to get some positive reports uh look at i'm i'm at the point too where i'm just like trying to temper expectations on myself because i don't want to get i don't want to put the, the the cart in front of the horse this is my least favorite time of the year start right now these next two weeks because it becomes uh, Soviet Union Cold War, uh, trying to get anything. Like, we had a nice little fun first week. Everybody's being a little chummy. But, you know, the coaches talk about the players getting hot and a little mentally fatigued. They get a little mentally fatigued when they have to deal with uh, with our ass uh, this kind of, these next two weeks. So this, this is honestly my, favorite, my least favorite part of the year, just because it's just your hands are tied. Uh, most of the... Most of the hay is in the barn at this point, Nick. Now we're just waiting for really game week to get here. The game week is when it starts getting fun again. But right now we're just kind of we're playing the waiting game. We're grinding. We're grinding. But we have heard some good early reports from practice. Uh, the most encouraging thing, like it, and, and it seems too to be kind of syncing up with the what people are talking about around camp. And they did the first situational stuff to start the week, and in two minute offense. They crushed it. They absolutely crushed it. Devin Leary uh, was passing with precision, hitting targets all over the place, and they executed. And that was a point of weakness during Liam Cohen 1.0. It was something that, um, I mean, he he was almost exasperated out of joy because they finally got a little two-minute offense and won in the ball game in the Citrus Bowl because that that was their weakness all year. Now they've got a quarterback who has a fast processor and is able to go quick, pick apart defenses. It's, it's once again, reinforcing what we thought about Devin Leary. He's, he's doing that in fall camp. Yeah, I think this subject or topic right here, Nick is really 
Like, how's Mark Stoops going to handle this? How, how's he going to handle the tempo if they need to play fast? How's he going to handle if they want to throw the ball around? How are they going to handle if it hits them early that Leary's just best in a more of playing more sandlot ball, just spreading it out and dinking and dunking and letting him spin the ball? How does he handle that? That's one of my biggest questions of, of the season. Because, yeah. it, you know, you might not – like this might not be time of possession year, right? You, know, you want to win the time of possession battle and want to run the ball more and play keep away and all that. This might not be the year for it. Well, Mark, you got to play to your personnel, right? Go ahead. The, you know, he he said the rules, the rule changes aren't going to affect him that much. Maybe though, he is a little bit more lenient because the clock is going to keep rolling, um, even if you are passing the ball. You know, like it's not it's NFL. As rules long as you're throwing completions, yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, so maybe maybe that's a way that does enable them to do that. But that is, um, I think I mentioned it. I I don't know. We we talked about it early on in the year, and it does feel like that stuff is coming to fruition. You know, like the the big question mark of will Stoops be able to handle the sort of aerial attack? Um, it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just gonna have to wait and see how that plays out, but. That the, we all know, the offense is just going to be different. The the strengths are different. The weaknesses are different. Uh, we even heard Stoops is even kind of alluding. He's even alluded to Nick that it's going to be different than like their ground and pound typical approach this year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to just have to be have a different right, like different way they go about things. And so what my question is just what does that look like when it's <laughs> It's a close game in the third quarter or whatever, you know? Like, do you go back to old uh, – do you stay out of your comfort zone or do you go back to old reliable? And so we're going to find out well, here pretty soon. Seed says Stoops and Cohen said they trust each other. So uh, he's going to have to put a lot of trust in him. They're going to have to put a lot of trust in Devin Leary. And I, I don't know if I've heard a bad word about Devin Leary. I'm hard-pressed to find one. Uh, the folks who are privy to watch him practice – it's it's just making the passing game routine. It, it felt like it, it was like pulling teeth to try to get the aerial attack off the ground for so many years. And now it's just effortless. And he's finding guys all over the field. Um, and I know at least from a defensive perspective, like it should, should make those guys better as well. But it, yeah, I think it's one of those things too, that, it's so weird being in the position they're in because typically this time of year, there's some sort of quarterback, something and Devin Leary is just checking all the right boxes so far. Yeah. They seem pleasantly pleased with the progress he's made to this point and expectations are growing. I think for the offense, I think the offensive line looked better. The open practice. We obviously know about the weapons. I think they like their running back room and, everything they have there. I think they really like their tight end room and the versatility they have in that room. And they like what Leary can do. And I think a lot of it, Nick, is just the decision-making uh, and just the com- the consistency. Yes, which are they, two – like that. those are the most boring things like it, but they're so critical, you know. Uh, they sound like coaching cliches, but it's it's nice when you don't have to worry about that in it. And it manifests in the form of executing in crunch time when it matters most. Uh, something that Kentucky could have certainly used uh, at Ole Miss last year. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And I mean, if you're breaking down Will Levis's game, they have different strengths, him and Leary. Levis, decision-making processing, I don't think was ever a strength for him. And that's still something he's working to improve even at the next level. Where Leary, I think that's more of a more of a strength. Now, Levis obviously has the physical tools and traits and run ability that Leary doesn't have. And Levis could hit smaller window throws when he was on that Leary probably can't hit with his arm. But does the decision-making, does that allow you to have more success more consistently? And that's something we're going to find out. Um, but this is also a deeper receiver room than Levis had in 2021 under Cohen. And they're obviously they're just going to be better this year because everybody's back and they've got another year of experience. Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right. Uh, quick apologies to – I had a little – my AirPods were the mic. That wasn't supposed to be what was happening. But we got it fixed, um, especially for my friend Kay. Kay is in the YouTube chat. And I, 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 I've been a Kentucky girl ever since I was born there in 1940. Love my cats. That's from Kay. And do we – do, do we have an actual 83-year-old 80, watching on YouTube? Uh, no no offense, Kay, but I I didn't know 83-year-olds watched on YouTube. I, I know my, my, my parents, they are not that old. They can't figure out how to watch shows on YouTube. So shout out to you, Kay, for getting it done. That's impressive. That's execution right there. And as Mark Stoops likes to say, Adam, look, if you're not willing uh, to adapt, you're going to like being irrelevant even less. Yeah, that just gets back to the two-minute stuff and playing to your strengths. And as Freddie always says, it's not personal, it's personnel. Kentucky's got to use their personnel on offense in the right way this year. Do we have But any- I will say, Nick, I, I will say I do feel better about the offense after just yeah. a week and what I've seen. I do feel better than I did two weeks ago. Is it is it because of uh... – Devin Leary, is it the offensive line, all of the above? I think Leary's hitting important checkpoints. He's He's been everything they thought he would be going into the season. And I think the offensive line, looking competent against Kentucky's defensive front, was a big thing for me on Saturday. Especially in the run game. That was nice. And seeing the running backs um, show some explosiveness – and show an ability to define the seam, right, and, and make some plays on the outside. Um, I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, but, you know, I I do think this is the year the tight ends and running backs are actually going to be a critical part of the passing game. A lot of it's going to be out of necessity because you've got four receivers you can trust right now. That's it. Right? I mean, maybe five with Dekel Crowdis, you know, like that. There's just not there's not a lot there. So those running backs and tight ends are going to have to be involved. And if I had to, if I had to pick a, did not see this coming. It's Demi Sumo Karmbe. Uh, like he he could. I know a lot of folks are going to talk about Cummings, but the tight end group. It's I, I feel like DSK could end up becoming our. He could be that running back like when we talked about potential breakthrough players. He could be that one that does emerge as a as a as a big time role player for this program. Yeah, I think he'll have a clear, defined role throughout the season for Kentucky. How that kind of plays out, we'll have to see. But, yeah, he's definitely going to be a piece that they use in multiple different ways. Uh, One thing we 
hinted at a little bit, but we didn't really dive into. We're not going to go full Sean Payton and just say that Rich Scangarello is the worst thing that's ever happened to the Kentucky football program. But, whew, it, uh, every, every time you talk about what was wrong previously, it just, yeah. The, the, did you hear, did you see the quote from Dane about learning how to be receivers? I did. Instead of just <laughs> running around like we got our heads cut off, like chickens with our heads cut off. That was. I saw, yeah. uh, Scott Wilbur was getting interviewed by our friend Jeff Drummond over at Cats Illustrated. And his thing was, like, Rich was more, like, let them figure it out. They're pros. Don't be super strict on how they need to do things. Don't coach them. <laughs> and, and Cohen is very much uh, strict on, like, this is how you do it. This is how we need you to do it. So Which, I found that interesting. Well, and, you know, I I don't know how that manifests itself, but um, maybe you have a little bit of a tighter leash on some of the stuff. I don't know. I don't know what that means for those guys, but um, there's certainly be a, being asked of more. Um, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I also found some of the comments about – I mean, we had already heard some of the stuff about the offensive line at SEC Media Days, but to see it in practice, I mean, to see just – turns out Kentucky had some good players last year. They just didn't know what the hell they were doing. Like, it's playing and simple. Or playing out of position. That too. That too. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to break it down, like, Jagger Burton was playing too early. Yeah. Yeah. He was play. I mean, he played 13 games, started all every game, played like 700, 800 snaps. He was just playing too early. Eli Cox was playing center. That just wasn't a good fit. Kenneth Horsey was much better guard than he is tackle. Just had guys playing out of position. And so I think that is helping a lot, getting those two back at guard and locking that down. Especially for a center to have two experienced guys right around you is going to help a lot. And That's then true. tackle, you had Marcus Cox, who's just – Played a lot of football. Mr. Reliable is a legit NFL draft prospect. So, you've got – if you put that all together, you've got some pieces there. You, now you just have to – your scheme needs to go out and let these guys play good football. And I think we're seeing that at least so far. I mean, it's we're talking about one practice. It's, I mean, it's hard, right, but it's right, all we right. got right now. And uh, I, I do think it's fair, too, that we're talking a lot of offense. We, we haven't really heard from the defense in a hot minute. The defense is boring, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Like, am I am I like am I worried about the defensive line? No. Am I worried about linebacker if fifty four and thirty two are out there? No. Am I worried about edge if JJ's out there playing with heavy hands like he always does? No. Am I worried nah. if like Keaton Wade has to play some or Alex Farr needs to play some Sam? No. Am I worried about the safeties? Zion Childress, nah. Jalen Geiger, love it. No. Andrew Phillips, I have a lot of faith in. And then they got four guys competing for the other corner spot. Yeah, Harrison looked pretty good the other day. And so. they've got yeah. they've got a good uh, – the guy I think is on the headset, but then the play calls in, I think he's pretty good too. So, I'm just not worried about the defense very yeah. much. I know it's kind of boring. They're, they're going to be good. I have high confidence in that. And so well, we're not really talking about them, but I don't know what to say about them. 
Yeah. Other than, you know, I think they're going to be pretty good. Curious to hear what Brad White's going to say. He'll be speaking tomorrow afternoon. That's That'll take place around noon. They've been practicing in the mornings. Lucky will be there with Stephen Peak. You'll have plenty. You'll be able to see everything they, coaches and players, have to say right here on the KSR YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, come on. Come on. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? There's no time to waste at all. Um, and if you ain't got time to waste and you need to get tickets, look at, you know what the fastest and quickest way to get tickets is? That would be the Game Time app. Aha! That is correct. So, if you haven't downloaded it, just, just do it. It's very simple. You look up Game Time, you hit the download button, you put in your email, bada boom, bada bam, you've got access to any event in your vicinity, no matter where you are, uh, they're going to be the best, easiest, most efficient way to get tickets to sporting events, concerts, uh, comedy shows. I, I've seen some comedy shows popping up around here, like it. And I'm not, I'm not a, the biggest stand-up guy on on Netflix, but I like stand-up in person. So I've got to get the Game Time app. I've got to use promo code KSR when I check out, and you're going to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. So that's a heck of a deal. Heck of a deal. Can't Especially beat it. like, I mean, so a lot of these concerts, like up at Aircoy Amphitheater, I think they're like 30 bucks. You're basically just going for free. So download the Game Time app before you go. If you're looking for Kentucky football tickets to single game, they've got them all right there. Download the Game Time app. Use promo code KSR for $20 off or visit GameTime.co on your computer or desktop to find the fastest and easiest, most efficient way to buy tickets with our friends at Game Time. Maybe, maybe if they're strolling around Kroger Field with tickets in hand, in a few years they might be bumping into a Mark Stoop statue. Love that, love that Rich Brooks is joining this bandwagon, Lucky, because I feel like we've been on it for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about current coaches having a statue? So, it depends. At Alabama, they just if you win a national championship, you get one. Right, because um, even the like one guy who had the one Gene Stallings, Gene Stallings, yeah, like he, I mean, he has one, and I'm sure they put it up right. So that makes sense, but I, I do think it's any sort of statue building, you, you kind of got to go away because the point of the statue is you bring him back and it's you like celebrate a, him. It's like a memorial type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're celebrating the success of the past. Now, if it's Ten years from now, and we're going on year twenty-three of Mark Stoops, and he doesn't have his son running the punting first offense, like that Kirk Ferentz has got going into Iowa. Then I might maybe make an exception. Like, you know, he's been here for twenty-five years. If he's been here for that long, then it's, you know, I'm sure things are going pretty well. So, I, I, I think those are my two exceptions. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it right now. We got plenty. He, he gets enough praise, and he's also, like, he likes being thought of highly. But I don't, I think it would be a little bit too much bluster for, for Mark Stoops to have a statue of himself outside of the Krogue right now. Uh, yeah, my first thought on it. Of course, we're talking about Rich Brooks's comments, um, on the KSR pre-show, which is saying they should build a statue for Mark Stoops. What he's done there is remarkable. Paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that's something we should probably wait on. 
Where would they even put it? Um, I would like it to be like the Korean War Memorial, where it's just statues everywhere. So we just make the Gate 12 Plaza, yeah. this, the Plaza of Champions, and we just have statues all there. We can have Tim Couch. He could be throwing a pass to Lynn Bowden. Uh, we get a Benny Snell on his knees and like Josh Allen, like patting him on the shoulders, like good job, like statues everywhere. We'll have a, we'll have a good statue. We'll have a good statue. All. I don't, I, we've at least moving past the part where we're tearing down a bunch, but uh, I, I, I thought that was great. Big shout out to, it's also good just to know that real recognizes real. Like it, like, yes, that, that I think is, You you, it was kind. Of, it's, it's kind of weird when you had Cal and like Cal would reach back out to Joe B, but the other coach before in between him, it's kind of a weird relationship there. So it's just good to have everybody seemingly on the same page throughout the Mark Stoops regime, and that that has not always been the case uh, for Kentucky football. The worst thing about the Mummy era wasn't necessarily that Kentucky got caught cheating and put on probation. It was that he kind of brainwashed, I think, a lot of people into believing you needed smoke and mirrors to win here. And that was a hard thing to get over for a lean decade. And then Brooks comes in. Kind of proves you don't need that. But you're probably going to need a really good quarterback. Yep. And good coaching. But talent's always going to be an issue. Like, your talent-wise, way behind the eight ball. Well, think about how many Kentucky guys were on that team, too, where they just, they just struck gold. On. Yeah, Right. Tam- yeah. Jacob Tammy, Keenan Burton. Corey Peters. Corey Peters. list goes on. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, Marcus McClinton, Micah Johnson. Yeah. Andre Woodson. Right. I mean. We could just go f- forever. But what Stoops has done, it's kind of a similar mold to Brooks in a lot of ways to me. But he's just kind of raised the talent accumulation ceiling. And obviously the portal's helping too now, but he didn't have that for a, for a while. Yeah, and he also got some investment too. I think age yeah, helped. That you know, too. Rich is Rich's second go around, right? Like he pulled him out of retirement from his tomato garden, which I think I think Coach Brooks would be proud of the tomatoes I pulled out of my garden today. Like it. I had a plethora. Yeah, I just think those, to the yeah, podcast. I just think those two in general have provided the blueprint for how you do it here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was you, like wanting to play f- football on grass or whatever. Basketball on grass, yeah. Yeah, basketball on grass, excuse me. That just wasn't, you know. And if you're going to do that, you needed to hire Leach because he's the best at it. Everyone else right. is not as good. Yeah. You tried it outside of really, you know, tradition. You know, a lot of them have gotten away. What they got good was when they got away from old school, blah, 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 air raid. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I think that that's – Brooks gets the first credit for that, and I think Stoops kind of leveled it up. It just – we had the rough three-year tenure but between the two, right, when Joker took over. That was rough. That and so, was rough. But, but those two guys have, to me, they've kind of figured out the the secret sauce, or so to say, of how you kind of win here. And it's not by trying to play a different sport. It's One thing that is. not by playing triple option or whatever. They keep, you can win legitimate, you can be a legitimate program here doing it the good old-fashioned way. 
Which um, I think both of them like old fashions. Another thing they share in common. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the ticket. Yeah. Maybe it's not 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 that. Maybe it's just like in the brown water. Yeah, it's good for you. It's good for the soul. Like um, we don't have a ton of guests on our show. Uh, Paul Feinbaum does. Uh, I know Devin Leary was on today, but yesterday, uh, Greg Sankey came on, made some news, broke his silence for the first time since SEC media days, and. Realignment chaos seemingly ensued with Colorado leaving and then Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Oregon. You had this mass breakup, and I, I like that he included some pot shots at the Big Ten. You know, we don't need to be in four time zones to have uh, to matter, which I thought was a, a good line here and there. But I, the two biggest takeaways that Sinky shared, it was one – we're not in a rush to go looking for other schools. Like we, we're well aware of what's happening, but we're not shopping for more. We like our sixteen, and two. He's a big part of the college football playoff and forming late in that twelve team group. The Pac twelve goes away. What they've agreed to and how they're going to seed things, that's probably going to change too. So I. Uh, I don't, it took them long enough to figure out a format like it. I don't know how they're going to find a new one to agree to in just a year's time, but I, conference realignment is, is certainly going to at least get that conversation going uh, so that we, we might just not have automatic bids at all, which I would be perfectly okay with because conference championship games, they, it was fun early on, lucky, but I mean, we're past that now. Now it's just a money grab. Like, that, it, you don't even have divisions you're playing in anymore to get like a true conference champion. I mean, it that, that just feels like a relic of th- those are going to go by the wayside with a 12 team playoff. Like, what do you need that for? That was a de facto playoff game. So why yeah. even have it? I mean, they're only going to keep it just as a revenue grab. I, um, I think the playoff is the kicker here. That's to me, the first domino as far as the sec is concerned. Is what is that? What do they agree on? They stay at twelve. You go down to eight. You go down to six. What? Go to sixteen. I mean, I, I think a lot of stuffs on the table. At large bids, non at large bids, bids. How you kind of manage that whole thing is going to be important for the SEC. And then they once they figure that out, then the SEC's got to figure out: Do we want to add some teams or not? The teams they would pr- probably add, Nick, are in the ACC. North Carolina, Virginia, Clemson, Florida State. They've got that grant of rights till 2036. And Florida State's making a lot of noise right now. They're trying to get J.P. Morgan and Chase to bail them out. Saudi Arabia? Yeah, we're not far from the, the, the public investment fund maybe getting involved in college football. Right, right. If the Knowles have anything to say about it. But they're just kind of... They're up, you know what's creek without a paddle right now. ACC schools are. I, I don't know. Everything I've kind of researched on it, you just can't get out of the thing. Like, you're, just, you're screwed because you're not going to have any rights and you got to pay a big buyout. And the buyout's not even the hard thing. It's that they, they own their rights for for how long? Like, that, the ACC owns their rights. So you can't make any money. So you have to pay the buyout and then you just can't make any money. So how do they get out of that? Now there's talks that with the ACC – which I thought was kind of just a bunch of 
BS. Like, they were just talking to Stanford and Cal and then SMU just to, like, for Jim Phillips to go to his presidents and say, look what I'm doing. I'm trying here to find more revenue streams. But it sounded like that might actually have legs. Hmm, interesting. So the that's SMU gonna... thing was bizarre to me because SMU was willing to just waive five years of revenue from the ACC just to, like, say they're in the ACC. They're sick of waiting. They're just, they just want to get in somewhere. And it also got reported that SMU and San Diego State were going to get invites that Friday from the Pac-12. Like the Pac-12 was going to have that meeting. They were going to agree to the Apple deal. They were all going to sign. They were going to sign a grant of rights, and then they were going to add two teams. They were going to add San Diego State, and they were going to add SMU. But that fell apart because Oregon, Oregon bolted, and Washington followed them. And so now that conference is like a goner, right? Yeah, and yeah. so they just want to get it. They they're and they're mad because the Big Twelve didn't take them. I think Houston and some of the other Texas schools maybe were just like we don't need them. There's no real spot for them in the Big Twelve. They already got a bunch of Texas schools. They're not right. getting an SEC, so they they just want to get somewhere. Uh, and the ACC is now the best chance to get somewhere. So that and they have a lot of money. They've got a lot of oil money. Uh, so I think that probably plays into that, but. I don't see. We got to see how the ACC shakes out. I don't know what that's going to look like, and what will that extra? How much? I, I don't imagine it's going to be a lot because all they're going to get out of that is the after dark window for Cal and Stanford. Essentially, they're going to get ESPN. I would assume to throw them a couple more bones, but how much is that even going to move know? the needle? Yeah, right. How are you just you know? Are you throwing very little at the problem if you do that? I mean, it's a debt. It's like a if you have fifty thousand dollars in debt, are you just paying five hundred dollars off? You know how much is that? That helping? No, no, you're you're exactly right. I um, but it's not going I, away because Florida State, real quick, they have till August fifteenth, so a week from yesterday. We're recording on Wednesday, August 9th, to let the ACC know if they're going to be in there in twenty twenty four or not. Because if they don't, then a then another fine like really ramps up. So they kind of have to make a move now. So things can either get settled right quick, for at least for a year, and then we can do this dance next summer. Or they have to let, or they have to go now. And so that's something we're going to find out here in the coming days. What's what's crazy is it doesn't seem like anybody really cares that much or wants them that much. So I guess they're going to be stuck. And in all of it, it's just wild to me that, the ACC is like, we're, we're going to have this. Everything else is moving parts except for the ACC because they have this uh, walk down. I don't even know how to put it contract. So it that, that grant of rights is a steel cage. Nobody's got the key. Uh, and they're just handcuffed. I mean, yeah, yeah. Put it simply. Stuck. They're, they're absolutely stuck. So, uh, but enough realignment talk. We got a little bit. Uh, in the weeds there some, but uh, let's get into the weeds a little bit here with what's happening elsewhere around the SEC. Uh, a lot of Graham Mertz hype right now, like it. Are, yeah. we, are we falling for it? Are we falling for the Graham Mertz hype? I just think that he's going to be their starter, and that's probably going to be announced. They have their scrimmage on Thursday, Nick, which they're moved up two days from Kentucky because they play on that th- opening Thursday. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Napier on that day, or maybe a couple days after, 
he's going to announce merch as a starter. He's getting all the reps with the ones, according to Gators Online, or on three site. So, yeah, Graham Mertz is going to be Florida's starting quarterback for the week one game against Utah. So, expect that. And then over at South Carolina, Nick Juice Wells isn't practiced yet. They're saying it's kind of soft tissue type thing. Like, hmm. we've heard that before. Precaution. Yeah. But also with South Carolina, the carry on Joiner is like legitimately their running back one right now. Yeah. Yeah. RB1. Which is, fa- like, which is fascinating. Because I never thought like of him as being like this super duper athlete that could do all these things. But I mean, so to carry on Joiner good enough for him right now. If you, if you don't remember the name, he was their Lynn Bowden. Uh, played receiver, uh, was a high school quarterback. Yeah, but like, uh, and then like they had not to put him in good. a Wildcat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not near as good than Lynn Bowden. That's a good way to put it. Because he, he hasn't been in that running game. But out of necessity, when they had to promote the GA to be their starter, he took a lot of snaps for him that year. Um, so now he's their RB1 because all their running backs left. Just don't have any. And they missed uh, on a bunch of portal targets. Like Demi Sumo Carbe. And then the, um, the guy that transferred from Notre Dame to LSU, Logan Diggs, and I think a couple others. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the running back's rough shape. Offensive line is a huge, huge, huge question mark for them. But they did catch a break because North Carolina added Tez Walker, who's a transfer from Kent State, a receiver. Had a big year last year in the MAC. All early reports were he was going to be a dude, like potential all-ACC type guy for Drake May. Like Drake May's number one target at UNC. But he needed a waiver to play, and he didn't get it. And they thought he was going to get it. But the NCAA has pretty much cracked down on all on the waiver stuff. Just never thought the, I was going to see that day. You're going to get the one free transfer, but that's pretty much it. I mean, and even Walker, I think he went home because he had a sick grandma or mom or something. And that used to be a slam dunk. They used to always give them out for that. But it's not like that anymore. They're really, I think, tightening the screws on that. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and I've loved hearing the, uh, the kind of outcry, both positive and negative, uh, from Matt McGavick's tweet about – uh, Louisville getting in fights and practicing doing up downs that just amused me. I just and the LSU I love, one too. Yeah, yeah, like because it's very strong takes on both sides and whether they it's good or a bad thing. I'm pro fighting. We know that. Like I've made that abundantly clear. But I just I, I love the reaction from it because I mean it's football. Like it's August. They're going. They're going. They're going to need to be broken up. I mean, does people not watch Hard Knocks? Do not pay attention to NFL training camp at all. Today, Bengals Packers had an inter-squad scrimmage today, and Elkton Jenkins punched DJ Reader. And oh. Apparently, uh, Reader gave it an Undertaker-type sale. <laughs> they, they, they just get in these scuffles. I mean, it just happens when you're yeah. – I mean – They're wearing full pads. It's not like they're they're beating yeah. each other up. I, I, I mean, do think people overreact to the fighting. Like, these fights happen, and they're nothing. Brian Kelly – even said yesterday, he was like, well, 18, 21-year-olds, you'd be surprised how fast they can move on. <laughs> you, know, you hug it out, and then it's done for the, for the most part. The the biggest thing, like, is the, the retaliation. Like, that would be 
I'd be more pissed that you had to do up downs or had to run afterwards than the fighting part, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We never got any really reports on who was fighting at Louisville's practice, which I would have liked to know. But now over there, I mean, I think there's real excitement about receivers and secondary, which there should be with how, how many guys they added from the transfer portal. That Those both should be positions of strength for them this season. So there's a lot of excitement about that. I'm going to go over and do a little oppo research. I got two more open practices. Might as well check one out, right? Right. Uh, shout out to Ray, who's uh, listening from Panama City. Wish I was Which there Panama right Panama City, now. you think? Uh, the Florida one. You think he's at Pineapple Willies? Is that... Is it weird? I've never been to Panama City Beach. I've only been somehow, once. Somehow it's, it's continuously... Uh, Evaded me, but uh, yeah, beach sounds pretty nice right now. But you know what? We're we're in the middle of the grind. Uh, it's never stopping. Uh, quite literally, it feels like that. Uh, the, the last few days, like it, I've done the like takes a break to hang out with kids for two hours, then gets back on the blog. And last night doing that, uh, it was fun because it ran right, seamlessly right into turning on Hard Knocks, which Hard Knocks sucks, man. Like it, 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 it was the Aaron Rodgers show. I hated it. Like, I was, I I hadn't planned on watch it, but I probably will eventually. But I can usually only do two episodes of Hard Knocks. Yeah, I mean they don't do football. Like, and I just I want to see the football. Like, g- give me more Sauce Gardner versus Garrett Wilson. Well, don't give I me just, celebrities. You know, I, I mean just, it is what it is. I mean after the second episode, it gets into who's going to make the fifty-three man essentially. And, yeah, and then I don't. And they're showing preseason games. You just get. To me, I, I I never make it through a, hard, a full one. It's always oh, I never have either. Two. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think if I I feel like I've watched one cut one. Um, it was the Browns. I think I watched that one. Uh, that was probably the only one I've done start to finish, but because I just got HBO, so like I was I was locked in. But you're right. It's it's any of these preseason shows. It's just enough to get you hungry for more football. Um, I, I don't need help getting hungrier for football. I'm, I'm already starving, which mm-hmm. well, I, get, I think now is just a good time to say we, we got to do the win total show next week. We got to. I was cooking up some betting content this week at KSR Plus. Oh. Join now for for the fastest growing community on the internet. Yep. yep. But yeah, I've got I, – I had some nice little picks. We've got – I've got conference winners. I got division winners. I got a player prop in there. I got conference win total odds. Nick, right now you can get Kentucky over three and a half SEC wins for plus one hundred. It's pretty good juice. Pretty good juice. I think. Uh, I don't know what the juice is on the Chiefs to win the division, but I just want to bet that. Feels like. Well, see, the time to play that was last year because I think they weren't even the favorite going into the season. Which is crazy. Uh, Ben division winners is, is fun. Like I I might have to pick some of those to sprinkle in there with our win totals, but we'll each get a handful uh, of football picks. The Jags was the one I liked last year. Yeah. Yeah. But now I don't have a good, I don't have a good beat on who's going to be the surprise team. I like like the Falcons in the NFC South. I, who's going to be the team that wins the East because it hasn't, they haven't had back to back winners. No, NFC NFC East. Yeah, because they haven't had back-to-back yeah. winners in forever. So like, it'll be the, the Cowboys. Cow- the Cowboys or the Eagles. I mean, those. <laughs> this would be their year, right? The Cowboys. Unless, them. unless you had a thing where the Giants or 
the Commanders just were like ridiculous in one-score games, kind of like the Vikings were last year. Oh man, yep, it's getting close to football. Yeah, it's see, getting... I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, there, like... there has, there hasn't been a return winner in uh, that division in like twelve years. Yeah. They haven't had back. Yeah, I like the Falcons NFC South. I like the Lions in the North. Lions well, NFC North. In the North. Yeah, but you, weird. it's pretty close odds though. Yeah, the other thing too that you can do just parlay a couple of these. Like three of those division winners, maybe get a heavy favorite. You know, sprinkle the Chiefs in there or something. Yeah. So that's another fun way. But we we can we can get all of this much more organized. Stephen, get us some graphics. We can have some timers, and it's going to be a lot oh, of yeah. fun next Wednesday when we really scratch our gambling itch live at five right here on the KSR YouTube channel. We appreciate y'all tuning in, hanging out in the chat. We've got a we've got a YouTube chat MVP. It's our guy Matt G. He he oh, doesn't like Matt when G's I say go catch. Go Crow Green, but he is he is the man on the YouTube chat. Join the fun, subscribe, and uh, don't forget our friends at Game Time, promo code KSR, and over at Monticello Bank, our presenting sponsors here at 11 Personnel. He's Adam Luckett. I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Crow Green. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.